Today's sales leaders face a difficult task, selling the right products at the right time through the right channels. A new three-day program from Harvard Business School Executive Education addresses this problem directly. Join us on the Boston campus in August for Managing Sales Teams and Distribution Channels, where you will discover strategies that can lead to the best sales performance. Learn more by clicking the banner or visiting hbs.me sales. That's hbs.me slash sales. Blog Talk Radio. And I got the HD blues. And my life feels kind of rough. Hello, everyone, and thank you for tuning in to Help for HD Live. Help for HD Live is made possible by an education grant from Teva Pharmaceuticals and the Griffin Foundation. I am your host, Katie Jackson, and today our guest is Seth Rotberg. Seth is currently a graduate student. Um, pursuing a master's in nonprofit management at DePaul University in Chicago, Illinois. He has over seven years of experience working with volunteering, a variety of youth development nonprofits, including the Huntington's Disease Society of America, City Year, Boston Scholar Athletes, and NATAC Recreation Department. He comes from a family that is impacted by HD, which fuels his passion for supporting young people impacted by the disease. He has been active with the HD community since 2010, and through fundraising and awareness efforts nationwide, he serves as a volunteer role, um, and he is president of both the Huntington Society of America Massachusetts chapter and the Youth Alliance. I am super excited to interview him today, Um, and this is a really special show because we are kicking it off um, with the first week of May, which everyone knows in our community, this is an incredibly important month for us because this is the month that we need to educate and spread awareness about Huntington's disease across the world and let people know because it is H. Huntington's Disease Awareness Month. So I am going to bring Seth into the show to jump right in, and then when we are done with the show, I am going to talk a little bit about what Help for HD International will be doing for the month of May to support our community and to support awareness. But for now, let's jump into the show. Hi, Seth. How are you? I'm good. How's everything going, Katie? Can you hear me okay? Yep. You sound great. So perfect. Well, we are so excited to have you on the show Let's um, jump right in and just let's tell us a little bit about yourself and your connection to Huntington's disease. First off, thanks for, again, having me on the show. Uh, you know, I always think highly of Help for HD and the work you guys are doing in the HD community. And to give you a little bit of background and how I'm impacted by Huntington's disease, it uh, kind of started when I was 12 years old and not really knowing why my mom had these wobbly movements and poor balance and severe mood swings and short-term memory loss. And the doctors kept, you know, misdiagnosing her with just being bipolar or having major depression. 
And it took a few years until the, you know, doctors ran some more tests, did some evaluations, and finally, you know, discovered that my mom had Huntington's disease. And it was definitely very challenging because I was 15 at the time when she was officially diagnosed, and I didn't really know how to react to the news. I was definitely in denial, just trying to avoid it and try to live that normal teenage life. And, you know, Mm -hmm. over time, I just, I realized, you know, the impact it has not only on my mom, but on my family, you know, it's not just a personal diagnosis, it ends up becoming a family diagnosis. And, you know, five years later, I decided to get tested for the disease as well, and ended up testing positive for Huntington's disease. And I guess the best way to describe it is the whole fight or flight model. And I realized I had the option to either just ignore my positive results and just kind of put it in my back pocket and try to try to continue to live, live my life. Or I could really just jump right into it, get involved, use it as motivation and continue to raise money and awareness for the disease. And I decided to take the ladder and haven't really looked back since. Yeah. Well, you sit on, so this actually explains why you're so passionate about the youth um, because this came into your life when you were in a very, very important time of your youth, uh, um, your teenage years. And um, you sit on the board of directors of the Huntington's Youth Youth Organization, who we love, that's HCEO. Um, (laughs) Can you tell us a little bit about your involvement with Youth Affected by HD and JHC? So prior to actually joining the board of the Huntington's Disease Youth Organization, I, like I mentioned before, jumped right into it and decided to get involved with volunteer roles as um, as a board member for the Massachusetts chapter for HDSA, as well as a board member for uh, the National Youth Alliance under HDSA. But then I just mm-hmm. wanted to continue to do more and, and took on leadership roles as president of both of them. And really just enjoyed my time giving back to the community. But one thing that I, you know, felt was missing is the support and services for young people impacted by HD, you know, whether they are at risk, they're a caregiver, they tested positive or tested negative. I felt like there was a lack of uh, resources geared towards this population. And then I kind of came across HD, HDO and saw the work that they were doing, the educational content both online and in person, and making sure that young people had the proper resources when coping with it. And I realized that was kind of my passion and and something that I wanted to get more involved with. And, you know, I uh, am still very close, obviously, with all of them, and I, I sit on the board. And my involvement with them, I mean, it could be anything from helping out with their annual North American Youth Camp to just telling people what HDO is, um, referring people to HDO's Director of Youth Services, Chandler Swope, um, or just kind of connecting with them personally on my experience growing up and letting them know that, you know, HDO wasn't really in existence when I was growing up and take advantage of, of these opportunities to get the right educational material, get the right support, and, you know, not give up hope when fighting back against HD. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I I talk about, I talk about this with Chandler um, 
often and also when I do the radio shows with her and, and different programs is, you know, I have three children at risk. Um, and I see that there's a ton of support for my husband. Um, and uh, there's, a, there's support for me as a caregiver. But I do notice there was no, there was like nothing for my children when I very first learned about Huntington's, which was years ago. And um, my daughter's 16 now. So, um, and now that there's having, I, and I wasn't familiar with, with the Youth Alliance, but then HDO, I, I heard about HDO and I started looking to it and it was so exciting to see that there was something out there for these young young people impacted because like you were saying, this is a family disease. My, I've watched my children watch their father. Um, I've watched my children as they've learned that they're at risk um, and what they've gone through. And it's definitely, they stay strong because that's what kids impact. I think kids do that are dealing with something like what we're dealing with. Um, But they need help and they need support. So I'm so thankful for all of you guys and all that you do to support the young um, the young pe- uh, people impacted because that's that's my children and I see how important it is and how needed it is. Um, so I'm so glad you guys are doing it and taking a focus on it. Um, you actually did something super incredible recently and you got to talk on TEDx, which what an amazing platform for HD awareness um, to have someone on TEDx talking about Huntington's disease. That's huge for our community. Um, and so to see you up there and to hear you, I've been listening to TED Talks and TEDx forever. I have the app on my phone, and when I saw it come across Facebook that you were on it, I was so excited um, just because some of the, like, these people I follow, these really inspirational, amazing people that are changing our world have been on TED Talks and TEDx, right? Um, so to see and yeah. hear you on it, I mean, to hear you on it is incredible. So let's talk about um, genetic testing for a while because I noticed you really talked about that on TEDx and I was so I, I had my daughter listen to your talk right away because you're just and you're incredibly inspirational when you talk so let's get into that a little bit about your experience with genetic testing yeah and I mean just to go back to the the TEDx experience it's funny because I mean I mean I never thought at my age of 27 that I would be doing that let alone in front of 800 people and Mm -hmm. the opportunity just kind of came across when I saw that my it was actually my hometown and I just saw that they were looking for speakers who you know their theme was to inspire others and I thought you know I think I I, uh, can do that and you know next thing you know uh, you know I'm on stage sharing my my genetic testing experience and you know it, it was interesting because I originally wanted to, when I applied, I wanted to kind of talk about finding your passion and finding a reason and how Huntington's disease really shaped my life to do that. But as soon as I mentioned, you know, testing and testing positive, it was, it was completely reshifted to that. And, you know, genetic testing, I didn't want to just talk about, you know, the HD community, but any young person or even older person who has to face that decision of, do I get tested now? Do I wait? You know, how is this going to impact my future? But I think the more important thing is for especially young, younger people where their future is in the hands of these test results is really just making sure that they're prepared for, you know, what either side of, I guess, that, that coin that you flip. So if you test positive, you know, are you 
do you have that support? You know, are you looking into maybe long-term care? Are you looking into life insurance? You know, are you surrounding yourself by those resources needed when trying to cope with it? And do you, you know, stay in a career where you enjoy it or do you look for more of a career that helps you financially sustainable for the future? And even if you test negative, you know, that whole idea of the survivor's guilt and, you know, why me, why not someone else, you know, why not someone else? And how do you still, with that mental state of mind, understand and accept, you know, that that result? And so what mm-hmm. I, I really wanted to emphasize, you know, one genetic testing is one, yeah, it's not easy at all. It's one of the most challenging decisions anyone has to make because of the impact it will have on your on your life. And I just thought of it as, hey, listen, you know, you have your options and go through all your options. Because when I went through testing, I was a 20-year-old. My mindset was, hey, I don't want to, you know, put my family through this. I want to test anonymously. I'm going to tell a few friends. I'm going to get a referral for my primary care, and I'm just going to go do it. But what I didn't realize was that it made me kind of hide my results and make me not be who I am and feel like I was, you know, just being very uncomfortable with accepting that, you know, Seth, you tested positive, it's going to be okay. And so, you know, what I, what I recommend, you know, and again, I'm, this is just my opinion is, you know, go to someone who specializes in HD, a neurologist, a genetic counselor, talk to them, go over your, you know, your plan, your, your action steps uh, for both either testing positive or negative, you know, surround yourself with your family, with your close friends. And, you know, just remember that it's, you know, your choice at the end of the day to go through it or not. And there's no specific timeline. You don't have to, you know, test and two weeks later, find out your results. There's people out there who, you know, still have their results waiting for them at the, at the doctor's office. And that's okay. I just think it's, mm-hmm. it's very important to know that no matter what you do, that you have the support from your friends and family. You talk to those who are knowledgeable about what Huntington's disease is, such as, you know, mentioned before, a neurologist and genetic counselor. And just remember that at the end of the day, you know, life is too short. And it you really can't take anything for granted because in reality, and I even do this myself, is, you know, I'll, I'll dwell on the past. I'll think too much about the future. And sometimes you know, we as humans forget to just live life in the moment, live that life a day at a time mm-hmm. and, and just, you know, take a deep breath and just know that it's going to work out at the end of the day. So how long did you keep your results from your family? Uh, it was, you know, I believe it was about two, three years. Mm-hmm. I know in my TED Talk I mentioned two years, but then I started thinking more and more about it. I was like, it actually might have been closer to three years. And, again, I, I actually value family a lot. And so this was mm-hmm. another tough thing for me to do because people have said, wow, I can't believe you hit it. And I said, wow, I can't believe I did either. But it was more for helping my family than hurting them. I wanted my mom not to – feel, you know, that sense of guilt that 
she passed this on to her son. She was already suffering. I didn't want to put her through that pain. My dad was a caregiver. I didn't want him to feel like a burden. I didn't want him to get stressed. And then, you know, having an older sister, I just, you know, my, my again, my mindset was if I test, is she going to feel pressure to test? I don't want to put her through that. You know, she, I don't want her to feel like she is obligated to go through it as well. And so, I, again, I just decided to tell a few of my close friends because ultimately I, I was for some reason afraid that if I told them or told someone in my extended family that it might slip out to my mom. And that was just the last person I wanted to, to know. And, um, you know, luckily she, she wasn't, you know, never found out about it. And I just, you know, that was something that I just felt was, was necessary. Yeah. You know, you were protecting your family, right? You thought you were protecting them. I can see that my daughter you know, um, when she talks to people about HD, she's always worried. They say, well, do you have worries? And she's always, I'm worried about my mom. I think that um, you, you as children in the family, I think you're so worried about the parent that's the caregiver. You don't want to stress them out. You don't want to rock the boat. You're watching them. And um, I see that in my daughter, that she just doesn't want to upset me because she thinks I'm under so much stress. Um, and I have to remind her, I'm your mom, too. I'm not just a caregiver for your dad. <laughs> yeah. I am your mother. You're supposed to come to me. You're supposed to, I'm supposed to be here for you. That's my job. Is My number one job is a mom. Um, but I can see her trying to protect me um, and my sanity, right? So, so I get it. I do get that. I get where you would, because <laughs> I see it in my children, where you were trying to protect, and especially your mother. And, and I think that that, I, I know that, I can't even imagine if my husband, um, I mean, my husband's in final stages now, um, but so he'll never know because the kids are so young still. But I can't imagine if he knew he'd feel guilty like you were saying. So I, I get it. You know, it's, it's interesting. Um, I, and everyone has their own journey in this, right? Everyone's going to have their own mm-hmm. choice and their own journey. But like what Seth is saying is, is figure that journey out. You know, definitely think about it before and plan it. Um, and uh, because so what was the hardest part for two years keeping it? From your from your family, uh, you know, I think the the toughest part was just, you know, again, just having a hidden secret of something that is going to impact my family, and and not being able <laughs> or not feeling comfortable enough sharing it with them. And again, I don't know what took me, you know, that one day where I was like, you know what, I'm going to tell them. I think. You know, there's two, I guess, turning points in my life. One, I had a good friend from college. Uh, his name's Jake. And my senior year in college, he, you know, the day before my, or our final semester, he uh, unexpectedly died in an accident. And his motto was kind of to live life to the fullest, live it in the moment. And so that kind of struck a chord with me of how do I live my own life, just like how he was living his life. And then, you know, a short time after that, uh, I had a, another friend from the HC community who had the juvenile version, and she lost her battle at the age of 26. And it was just, you know, made me kind of reflect a lot on, on life. And again, that whole idea of life being too short, but also that she used her disease as, or her test results as motivation to fight back, to keep, keep hope, to inspire others by just sharing her story and the impact it's had on her family. And I think that's when it kind of hit me 
and made me realize, you know, this is time for me to open up not only to my family, but then I can also use it, you know, as a platform to perhaps support other young people or inspire families not to give up and to keep fighting back and that it's not a, a one man or one woman team, but we're all in this together. And at the end of the day, the more that we can collaborate and connect with each other, the better off we are to getting one step closer to a cure. Yeah, I agree. Um, so can you share with us how your dad and your sister reacted when you did tell them your test results? <laughs> yeah, my dad and my sister, their reaction was something I was, wasn't expecting in a good way. <laughs> I, I decided to tell them separately, and I told, I started with my dad, and again, this is probably one of the, or I guess the second toughest thing to do besides going through the test results is to tell, you know, your your family, your your loved ones that you tested positive and that you also hid this from them for, for a few years. Mm-hmm. But but ultimately, my dad was just very supportive. And when I told him I had something to tell him, you know, he kind of looked at me and asked me, okay, what, what do you need to say? And I, I told him I tested positive, And then he just simply replied saying, okay. And, you know, I was kind of caught off guard because I was expecting him to be maybe mad or be like, Seth, I can't believe you didn't tell me this. But he just calmly said that, you know, the idea of researchers making great progress, you know, take life mm-hmm. one day at a time and soon enough there's going to be a cure. And it was, it was just really reassuring to know that he was able mm-hmm. to stay positive after hearing this you know, this news, this sad news, and that he accepted it and was just, you know, going to stick by my side just like he was doing with my mom. And so that made things a lot easier, (laughs) and I was able to, you know, kind of move on to the next next thing, which was telling my sister. And, again, same kind of reaction of, you know, oh, wow, you know, thanks for telling me, you know, I'm – if you ever need to talk and, you know, I'm always here for you. I think it was just shocking, not only to my dad, my sister, but many people when I told them I tested positive and that I hid this from them because shortly after telling them, I told a few more family members about it. And then I actually had an article come out in my local newspaper and I got like so many calls and, text messages saying I had no idea I can't believe it and it was great that people were very supportive I think it was just I also realized from that point on who was truly going to accept it as a part of who I am and who's going to kind of stick by my side um, under knowing that I I tested positive and that it is going to have an impact on my life yeah definitely and you're this amazing inspirational public speaker and uh which you really don't see from someone say yet because you're you're young you're just you're powerful on stage um and but so i'm curious for how this has changed your life since you started since you shared your hd results because from us looking you're inspiring to us so i i feel like you've been like like there's something empowered because you get on and you talk and you move people so how do you feel it's changed your life? I appreciate that. And 
I, that's kind of the hope is to continue to do more of these talks and use my story again as, as a platform to inspire others not to give up, whether it's HD, whether it's another rare disease or just another challenging circumstance. And it, it definitely just changed my life for the better. I mean, I want to continue you know, giving back to the community. As, as you mentioned from the beginning, I'm getting a master's in nonprofit management. So clearly I'm not in it for the money. I'm in it for the, the service yeah. and the <laughs> opportunity, yeah. you know. Labor of love. Yep. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And, and so for me, I, I want to continue to provide, you know, support and services to young adults, young people, uh, not only who are impacted by Huntington's disease, but impacted by a rare disease. And, you know, over the last actually few months, I've been doing research on different rare diseases and what support they may have for young adults. And there's really not much besides a few patient organizations. And it just made me realize, you know, why not broaden it if you can? Because even if we have two different rare diseases, we're still able to connect and relate because of our stories and because of our upbringing Mm -hmm. and how we wanted to live that normal life. But we're living that like double-edged sword of, you know, how do I talk to people about it? How do I live normal, but also live knowing that I have this rare disease. So that's ultimately what I'm trying to, what I'm trying to do is just continue to, you know, provide those services of, you know, if someone's looking for, you know, a certain service that Help for HD provides and saying, okay, here's, here's their site, here's their contact information. If someone's looking for specific research or a research article, okay, well, here's HD Buzz or here's CHDI or here's HDSA. Or if they're looking for services for young people, it's like, okay, here's HDO. But broadening that, I think, to all rare diseases where it's like, okay, well, Seth, you made it sound easy that you just decided to fight back and get involved, but how do I do the same thing? And that's where I want to come in and say, okay, well, what do you want to do? Do you want to do advocacy work? Well, here's a few things you could do. You could write a blog. You could reach out to your local newspaper. And I'm going to guide you along the way to make sure that you're not just, you know, I'm not just telling you what to do and then just leaving you out to dry, but helping push you to that next step. Or if you want to do fundraising, well, here's what I'll do is I'll help you figure out what you enjoy doing and how we can make it into a fundraising event. But yeah. At the end of the day, you know, I, I want to make sure that, you know, that these young young adults use their voice for better and use their voice to improve society and, and the rare disease community and the Huntington's disease community so that, you know, that we all remember that these young people need to be involved with research and need to be involved with all these efforts because they're the future. You know, it's, it's and I'm not even saying me, I'm saying the people younger than me are, they're the future generation, the future leaders of 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 the HD community and we need to try to continue to you know get them to that next step where they feel comfortable getting more involved and eventually you know using their voice as a outlet to raise money and awareness yeah absolutely yeah I always say this next generation you know I meet all these these young people impacted by HD and when I'm at my conferences and or traveling and I'm like this generation is powerful I mean just with the technology background and then this voice they have and this this like sense of fighting back that they have I'm like this generation is 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 powerful they can change things for sure this next Mm -hmm. generation um Mm -hmm. so I 100% agree with that that to guide them to 
to take over the after our generation tires out because I think we are starting to tire out a little bit um, <laughs> as I'm getting older. Um, uh, but what, so what advice would you give um, someone who is considering getting tested for HD? In regards to, for, in regards to advice, I would say, like I mentioned before, you know, go through the, the quote-unquote proper channels uh, when deciding whether or not to get tested and speaking with a genetic counselor, you know, going to a center of excellence or someone who is very familiar with what Huntington's disease is. And it, again, it doesn't mean that you have to go get tested the first, in your first visit. You could essentially talk to a genetic counselor through all this, you know, for I'm sure year, multiple years, however long it will take you to feel more comfortable making that decision. But, you know, making sure that you have all your X's and O's um, with like life insurance, long-term care, uh, disability care, among other things that might be helpful uh, for your future. And then again, I, you know, I, I am a big believer that, and I know I didn't do it myself, but knowing after telling my dad, my sister, how comfortable I felt and how, I was able to just kind of be Seth again versus this HD Seth. Um, mm-hmm. it, it is important to talk, to talk to your family about it and to, you know, sh- share with close friends. And, you know, maybe there's one or two friends that, uh, you know, don't understand or just don't agree. And maybe that's, those aren't the people that are going to be there for you when, it, when you need it. But, you know, making sure that you do surround yourself with these people because at the end of the day, it's, it's a decision that, you can't do alone. I mean, I, I still had a few friends who um, were supportive and I was able to talk to while, you know, kind of keeping this a secret from everyone else. And I honestly don't think I would have been able to manage it mentally if I didn't have those people uh, by my side, you know, especially when I just had a tough day or just needed to talk to someone. And, you know, the last thing is, again, that whole mindset of, trying to live a day at a time and it's not it's not an easy journey it's going to have its ups and downs and you know the harder those days are the more support you need so don't be afraid to reach out and 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 talk to someone about it you know i i know that the hd community is a very strong one it's something where Mm -hmm. i'll talk to people from the hd community because they kind of just get it but then i'll also talk to friends or people that are potentially on the outside because it gives you a different perspective that you might not be thinking of that actually will sure. help out more than someone that you talk with that is going through the same thing. But I mean, sure. I, I definitely think, you know, like you, like you said, Katie, it's, it is important to, uh, you know, kind of be in this together, collaborate and connect with each other and just, again, make sure that you're just uh, living a day at a time and trying to just, cross off all your X's and O's and at the end of the day I, I am a true believer everything happens for a reason and that it will work out and um, just making sure that you're you're all good to go whenever those results come back yeah yeah and I, I think you, you've hit on something so important and it's it's all the same support you know it's about getting support finding your support unit and and finding you know through family friends and then your community um you definitely need support through this. This is not easy, um, but like you said, it could we could change you 
we somewhat change the direction through good support. Um, you blow me away. I think you are inspiring. I loved your TED talk. Um, I I cannot wait to meet you in person and have you speak at um, Health for HD events. If we can get you there, um, I think we <laughs> try our hardest to get you to a symposium this year so you can talk to people, um, get on the mic and tell your story and also help people kind of that are considering testing um, to bring some, maybe something they hadn't thought about before to their um, to their lives because um, this is these are big decisions and um, and it does take support and knowledge b- before big decisions of getting tested and finding out the results are made. So, um, any mm-hmm. final thoughts for us, Seth, before we jump off the air? You know, I just want to thank you again, Katie. I think the the work that you and Katrina and every, everyone else from Help for HD is just doing tremendous work to, you know, get not only myself but there's other people that have been on this this show that I've I've listened to just about every one of them and each of them and even yourself are the ones who inspire me and so I just wanted to thank you because that's I think that's some something that people forget is although people say I inspire them or or you know help them out they truly help me because it's just my constant reminder of I'm not in this alone I'm fighting you know with them and for them and that I I use that as my inspiration not to give up hope and to continue battling every day. Yeah. You, yeah, I can't wait. Um, I definitely can't wait to meet you in person. I have been wanting to meet you for a very long time. <laughs> That's the great thing about social media is that we like think we know each other, right? Cause we watch each other and we, we see each other's projects yep. and what we're doing for, for the community, but to actually get to meet in person is something pretty special and cool. So I'm very much looking forward to meeting you this year. And thank you so much for coming on the show with us today. Um, I just kind of want to real quick talk about HD awareness month because now we get to launch what help for HD is doing. We are really excited about this year. We've worked really hard. We've been this since November. Um, so we this year are, have many, many programs. Of course, all of them are 100% free to our community. Um, one is our awareness program, and it's WEAR, W-E-A-R. This is way we are going to wear hunting, show as much awareness um, on us that we can wear, where we can spark conversations with people to talk about Huntington's disease. Um, I'm really excited what comes in this package. One, you get buttons that are super cool that said, uh, strength is battling HD. Um, I love someone with HD. There's one that has caregiver, JHD, and HD together, showing that we, t- we are a family disease um, that, that stands by each other because it obviously takes a, takes a, a village. Um, there are wristbands that are super cool that come in the package. Um, they are, they're more unique than um, our standard ones that usually say Huntington's or Cure HD. They actually have slogans like, I am strong, I fight HD, things like that. Um, we also have a coming in our keychains for your loved ones that um, go out um, that may have a problem if they run into law enforcement or first responders or anything, and it says, I have Huntington's disease, please contact my caretaker. Um, so that will help them wear something. We know with sensory uh, problems with some people with HD, they aren't wearing bracelets or medical bracelets, or um, so we wanted to have something that they could carry in their pocket so they don't have to worry about sensory. We also have free window decals. They're for your cars. They're very cool. On the top, it says, 
uh, someone with Huntington's disease on board. And then at the bottom, it talks about some symptoms of Huntington's. So that way, if you get in a car accident with your loved one with Huntington's in the car or something, first responders coming on the scene or even the public coming on the scene will see that someone in the car needs assistance and they may not be able to articulate pain. They may become aggressive. Um, they may not be able to communicate. Um, so it's just kind of letting people know um, not only are we saying Huntington's disease on the car, so we're bringing awareness, but it also talks about some of the symptoms. So that helps protect our loved ones, especially if us as caretakers driving them are unable to talk because of an accident or something. So hopefully they will, um, they will uh, be able to see about HD. Um, when they come on the scenes. Another thing are communication boards. We all have been hearing lately about all over Facebook and all the social media platforms and we get emails that help all the time that loved ones are really trying to still communicate with um, each other. But of course we have some people that have um, communication. They can no longer communicate like my husband. He can no longer communicate with me. Um, so we uh, created four communication boards. The first four are like your typical, I'm hungry, I'm thirsty, I'm tired, I'm angry, I'm happy, I am sad. Um, one has a body that um, if they're in pain, it has a body and they can point to. If they're having pain, a headache, they can point to the head, things like that. The last board is actually blank. So you get to fill in that board for your loved one that is specialized to them. It'll, you know, with just a dry erase marker because these are laminated. My husband would be, I want to watch the Rams because he is a football junkie. And so I'm sure that one would be pointed to all the time but he has the Rams playing all the time. So it's really to customize the board for your loved one on your own. So that, can, that package will come to you completely free. All you have to do is go to www.help4hd.org, and you will see on the carousel there is going to be a button that you push. It goes into just a quick survey kind of thing that has your address so we know where to send it um, to you. Like I said, this is 100% free to the community. You can get all of this package if you'd like or if you only want a couple different things that relate to um, what you need uh, for your loved one at that time. That is fine too. Like I said, 100% um, uh, free for you. We also are releasing The Warriors, our documentary. We have won 19 film festivals for The Warriors. This is fighting the incurable juvenile Huntington's disease. Um, as of May 1st, you are going to be able to buy it virtually or rent it on demand. You also can buy it in physical form if you'd like a DVD. All proceeds from this goes to JHD Research. We all know we only have one place working on JHD Research that, at this time, and it's UC Davis that is actually working on a therapy for juvenile Huntington's disease. All the money, 100%, goes to that research that is made um, from any sales of The Warrior. It's an amazing documentary. It's won 19 film festivals, including the Hollywood International Film Festival. Um, it's kind of sparked interest and, um, and brought a lot of awareness to the film festival circuit. We are really excited. We are out of it now, so we are able to release it to the public. So, um, like it's $3.99 to rent it. It's $9.99 to download it onto your, um, your computer, or you can actually order like I said. All that money that you are spending will go to research uh, for JHD. So that's really exciting for us. Um, we also are starting a letter campaign writing, and we also have proclamations. Um, if you want a proclamation template for you to go to your city or your county, please let us know. Um, they'll be available on our website. We have it all written out for you. Everything is good to go. It's a very formal letter 
for your county or city, and then you can get your proclamation. Make sure you snap a picture, get it to help for HD. We want to put it on social media that your city or county is recognizing. It is May Huntington's Disease Awareness Month. Um, but the proclamation is for you to keep. Um, these are very special. I have multiple ones in my house, and um, I think they're exciting to see um, when that kind of awareness is brought to us. Radio show, we have five, five radio shows this month all about awareness. The Huntington's Post will be releasing five articles this month about awareness of untalked about symptoms of HC. Um, these may be some hard articles hard to read, but um, I think it's really important to bring awareness um, to some issues that people don't talk about to know that they are not alone. So that's another thing we're doing this month. I think that is it for now. Um, remember, all of our programs are always free to our community. Um, we want to make sure we support you in any way we can. We never want financial um, to, to fall on an HD family that needs help. We are here for you, and we are, um, we are very excited for this month. I'm excited for, the, for May one day when we could say that this disease is gone and their cure has been found. But until then, we will continue to bring awareness for our community um, in the month of May and actually all year long. So I think that is it for now. Um, tune in next week, same time, same place. And until then, everyone have a safe night. Thanks, Seth. All right. Thank you again.